Infinite Option Guide Podcast, episode number one, 10 reasons why you should adopt now. Welcome to the Infinite Adoption Guide Podcast, the podcast that inspires, informs, and guides you on your infant adoption journey. And now, here's your host, Tim Elder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the very first episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. I am Tim Elder. I am an adoptive daddy of a little girl that we adopted in 2007 as a newborn, and I am so excited to get this podcast started. I want to talk to you today about the 10 reasons why you should adopt now. If you're just starting to look into adoption or if you're already on your journey, this is the podcast where we encourage and inspire you to build your family through domestic infant adoption. And my wife and I, you know, after years of infertility, we realized that we just wanted to be parents. However, God decided that it was going to happen. And when we did that, we learned a lot about adoption, the many ways you can adopt, and also the, the complexity of it all and how overwhelmed we were when we realized just how much there is to this world called adoption. My mission is to help you and help as many people as I can on their domestic infant adoption journey. Since my wife and I, we want to adopt more children ourselves, and, and we're on that journey with you. And we want to bring you along with us so we can support and encourage you and encourage each other, learn from each other, and inspire each other to grow our families through infant adoption. Now, before we get started in the 10 reasons why you should adopt now, I wanted to briefly uh, introduce myself. Uh, I am a blogger and an adoptive daddy, as I said. I have a website called infantadoptionguide.com. And I'd like encourage you now to go check it out. I have uh, a lot of resources there. I have a free ebook that you can get just by entering your first name and your email address. I promise not to spam you. All I'm going to do is give you as many resources and help as I can. And you get this free book. And this book is uh, not long, but it just describes the steps that I feel is needed to go through the infant adoption process. And uh, try to simplify it as much as I can. Obviously, it's a lot more complex um, than what I lay out in the book, but I wanted to give you a brief overview plus some of my personal story and uh, some just things that my wife and I ran into as we went along in our adoption journey, our first adoption journey. Um, and if you want to read about our first adoption journey in more detail, you can on my website, infantadoptionguide.com forward slash domestic adoption story. And the blog's been going for about a year and it's one of the most popular, uh, most read blogs on my site. So I encourage you to go check it out. All right. And now the 10 reasons why you should adopt now. You know, studies show that thousands of couples have considered adoption, but have not followed through. And why is that? What what misconceptions are there? Fears? Are the costs too much? Is it too much hassle? Uh, what do people run into when they consider adoption and just don't do it? When my wife and I first considered adoption, we had a lot of fears and concerns about it. The cost, the wait times. Do we go international? Do we go domestic? And I wrote a blog post a while back called Five Reasons Why You Should Adopt Now. And it's been one of the most popular posts on my site. And I started looking into that and diving into it more, and I think there are more like 10 reasons why you should adopt now, and I probably could come up with a whole lot more than that, but this podcast is about the 10 reasons why, and I want to let you know I've been in your shoes. You're not alone. There are reasons, very good reasons why you should adopt now, and I want to give you the encouragement and the inspiration to, to do that, 
or why you should start today. So here we go, 10 reasons why you should adopt now. Number one, you can afford to adopt, even if you've heard how expensive it is, or if you just started looking into it and you're going, wow, this is way too much money, how can we ever do this? Well, I wanna let you know that the cost can be as little as zero to adopt, and that is going through the foster adopt system, so it's a little bit different than a private domestic adoption, or especially when you want a newborn. But it can be anywhere from free all the way up to $40,000 or more, or right around there. But the average is anywhere from twenty dollars to thirty dollars to $35,000 for a domestic infant adoption. And the Adoptive Family Magazine is a great website, and they have a survey that they conduct periodically about how much adoption costs. And this is what they've come across, is that it costs about twenty dollars to $35,000 to do a domestic infant adoption. Um, some of these agencies offer sliding scale fees even, and I want to do a future blog post about this where we dive into it more and, and uncover who these agencies are, but I've already come across several of them that have sliding scale fees. What that means is if you don't make as much money, you don't pay as much. If you make a lot more, then you pay a little bit more, but they have a cap on how much their fees are. The other part of affording adoption, it really depends on what kind of adoption you do. Like I said, foster adoption usually costs you almost nothing because the state uh, subsidizes you for that, pays for all the fees. It also depends on the adoption professional you choose. Some have a cap on birth mother expenses. Some have lower agency fees than others. Then there's also the amount of advertising that you do. If you do a private adoption where you're using an adoption attorney, you may have to do your own advertising, which is, means you pay for advertisements out there in yellow pages, online, in certain areas, and your professional will help you uh, determine that. But the amount of advertising you do will affect how much your adoption costs. Okay, let's look at a few ways than how you can afford to adopt. One is an adoption grant. And what that is, is basically free money. There are organizations out there that can help you get the money you need, not all the money, but usually several thousand dollars to help you adopt. And a couple of those are helpusadopt.org. And another one is giftofadoption.org. Go to their websites, check them out. It'd be a good way to, to help you get the last uh, several thousand dollars you may need to get your adoption rolling. Next is fundraisers. I wrote a post um, on infantadoptionguide.com forward slash adoption fundraisers. And what that is is just some ways that you can get donations by selling things. And what I wrote on is how you can do fundraisers without fronting your own money. And there are three ways I'm just going to share quickly with you. And one is the adoption prayer bracelet. What this is, is a way to sell an adoption prayer bracelet without you having to buy any of the bracelets and and sell them yourself. At adoptionprayerbracelet.com, you can set yourself up as an affiliate, which means they give you 15% of every sale. So if your friends, family, whoever you have, go to that site and buy it with your affiliate link, you can get 15% of every bracelet that's sold. So that is just basically free money for you to raise for your adoption. Another one is adoption t-shirts. In my post, I have a several places where you can go and uh, have adoption 
t-shirts sold in your name and along the same lines where you don't have to buy the t-shirts and sell them. You just have people directed to the website. They buy them directly from their website and you get a part of that credit. Same thing with justlovecoffee.com. They sell coffee. You can, uh, they have an adoption program specifically for people that are adopting and you can get a part of that and just get some more free money uh, by having people buy coffee from them. Okay, a couple more things on how you can afford to adopt. One big one is the adoption tax credit. For 2012, the number is $12,650 per adopted child. I mean, that's a pretty big number to get back from the government to help you afford your adoption. The concern is after 2012, there's no legislation to keep that adoption adoption tax credit going. However, there are large pushes to um, make it permanent and continue it well on past 2012. So we're pretty confident that's going to happen. But you can read about that. I have a couple blog posts about the adoption tax credit. One is at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash adoption tax credit 2011 and 2012. Or you can just search for tax credit on my website. That'll give you some good information on, on what the tax credit is, where it's going, and um, how you can take advantage of it. Um, one last thing is employer adoption benefits. Now, this is something really cool that a lot of employers are doing or starting to do more of, which is offer benefits that basically pay for part of your adoption. If you don't have that currently at your employer, you can get some free resources and ask your employer if they will consider doing it. One place you can go for, as a resource to help you with that is www.adoptionfriendlyworkplace.org. They have some great resources to do this for your employer and encourage them to offer some adoption benefits. Bottom line on how you can afford to adopt, it is expensive to adopt. In most cases it is, especially if you want a newborn baby to adopt. And maybe it shouldn't be expenses, expensive, but the reality is that it is that way today. And if you want to be a parent, let's help you find a way to afford that adoption because you can do it. All right, let's move on to the second reason why you should adopt now. There are more babies out there to adopt in the U.S. than you may think. The National Council for Adoption says every year at least 22,000 babies are adopted domestically. A lot of adoption talk is about international, you know, and it gets a lot of the press. The media is talking about it. But adopting domestically is the only way you're going to adopt a newborn. For me and my wife, that's what we wanted. After dealing with infertility for so many years, we really did want to experience parenting a child from birth. And we found that we can only do that through a domestic infant adoption. And so, you know, that gives you the opportunity to, do, to be there at the hospital when the baby is born, if the birth mother is okay with that. It gets you to experience some of those things from uh, the very get-go, the very few first few days the baby is born. There are a lot of agencies that specialize in adopting infants and newborns. They can help you with that. And the bottom line of this is you really can adopt an infant and a newborn. You need to look and find the right resources and work with the right people that can help you do that. Okay, number three, it doesn't take as long as you think. I think a lot of people, when you first start out in adoption, you think, oh man, I'm going to have to wait years and years and years before I can adopt and I'll you may even know some people that have done that. I know a few people that have been waiting for several years and haven't adopted. So really, it, this is it's about education as well. And it's about finding the right people to help you adopt as quickly as possible. Currently, the sh there is a much shorter wait on average 
to adopt a baby in the U.S. than it is to go international. And statistics will back that up. Most in, domestic infant adoptions, the average wait is 12 to 24 months. And some agencies may claim that's a little bit faster than 12 months. And some may say, yeah, the, the average is in a, that wide of a span. Now, Adoptive Families Magazine did a survey in 2010, and they had 15% of the people respond saying they received the call after a baby had already been born. So why am I telling you that? Well, the reason is because the call means that you get a call saying that either a birth mother wants to match with you or a birth mother is interested in you in you to adopt her baby. So when I talk about the wait being 12 to 24 months, that could mean you're waiting 12 to 24 months and then you get the call and a baby's right there. And if 15% of the people that they surveyed said they got the call after the baby's been born, that means they weren't they didn't have any match time with the birth mother. They were already ready to go pick up their baby. 15% of the people that responded to that survey is quite a bit of people. And I just wanted to give you some encouragement that even if you're waiting, even if you wait 12 months, 24 months, that may be all you wait and boom, you're going to pick up your baby. It does happen. So anyway, what else can we talk about as far as the wait? It will really depends on your preferences, the kind of baby you want. Do you want uh, a Caucasian girl that only lives in Oklahoma? Are you open to more? Are you open to a boy or a girl? Are you open to any race or from anywhere in the U.S.? Those are the things that really have to come from your heart and talking about them with your spouse and figuring out what's the best for you and your family. But it does make a difference on how long it takes for you to adopt. It can. So what else? It also depends on the status. It can depend on your age. It can depend on if you already have children. It can depend on if you're single. Those things play a part in how long you may have to wait. Bottom line is birth mothers choose you. Be persistent. Stay with it. You will adopt. Okay, let's talk about number four. Open adoption is a good thing. And if you're not too familiar with open adoption, I have a post, a couple posts on open adoption um, on my website that you can check out. And really what it is, is it is having some kind of a relationship with a birth mother or birth family. And it is a way for you to let the birth mothers know that they made the right decision, that their baby is being taken care of. And also you get to get some answers to some health questions. What, uh, what was the birth mother allergic to? What kind of uh, past health issues have they had that maybe the baby would have? It also gets you the answers to your child's questions about their adoption story and their birth family. It's part of their history or about who they are. And if you, it can remove the mystery about where they came from and why they were placed for adoption. And usually you get access to medical history if you have some relationship with a birth mother. This can help with treatment. Um, you may be surprised how much you would want that information once your child gets a little bit older and questions arise about what they may be allergic to. You can check out uh, 20 Reasons to Love Open Adoption, which is an excellent article on americaadopts.com. I'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, it's an excellent post on from 20 different people on reasons why you should love open adoption. And my blog post, as I said, I have uh, one of them. It's called 
what is open adoption. And it's at infiniteadoptionguide.com forward slash what is open adoption. Check it out. Read about open adoption and try to have an open mind as you think about it. All right, let's talk about number five. Attachment or integration issues are not as bad as you've heard. And maybe you haven't heard anything about attachment issues. But what they are is some people are concerned, especially some adoption professionals, that you may have an issue with attaching to an adopted child. How could we love this child that we've not known up until this point? And in our research before we adopted, my wife and I seemed like it seemed like it could be a problem. But the more we thought about it, we were like, well, I don't know how that could be, when you, especially when you have a, a newborn, which was what our preference was. Uh, when we were at the hospital and we saw our birth, birth mother and our daughter for the first time, we got to hold her and see how beautiful she was, how fragile she was, and it was very clear to us that there would be no attachment issues. We It was love at first sight. And at that point, we just knew that God brought us together as a family. There was no doubt about it. And, and there was never any problem with attachment or integration issues. And she's five years old now. And we've never really felt that. And I'm sure there are people have felt that and have dealt with it, especially with older children. But as newborns, that's we've realized anyway in our experience that it wasn't really an issue. There are resources out there to help you with this, though. So don't be afraid if you do run into it. There are people that can help you, especially at your adoption agency. Okay, number six, special circumstances shouldn't keep you from adopting. When I say special, I'm talking about disability or serious illness or things that you just feel like, hey, I got this going on in my life. Is this going to disqualify me from even being able to adopt? You may need to show some proof um, from a doctor or from other people to an agency about your condition. But most often than not, in our experience anyway, it does not keep you from parenting and meeting the needs of a child. I read several cases where people have had some serious illnesses, things going on in their life, and that doesn't affect their ability to parent. And that's really what you need to prove. It doesn't affect your ability to parent. So please be sure to ask if you have anything going on in your life that seems like a special circumstance, something that may keep you from adopting or you may think it keeps you from adopting, be sure to ask questions from several sources um, in the adoption professional world, from agencies to attorneys. Will this keep me from adopting and being a parent to a child? Speaking of special circumstances, that brings me to number seven. Some people think a special circumstance could be, am I too old to adopt? I'm here to tell you, I've seen it, I've read about it. There are people in their 40s and in their 50s that have adopted, even adopted newborns. You may, that may surprise you a little bit, but there is no perfect time to start the adoption process. Um, most states don't even have legal age limits. A lot of agencies have pushed their age restrictions to well past 40, and some of them even to 50. And private adoptions through attorneys usually have no age restrictions. Even though you don't know how long it's gonna, you're going to wait to adopt and God knows the perfect time that your family will grow, just take the action, start, let God handle the hard parts and know that other people have done it before you. Talk to your adoption professionals. Find somebody that will help you even if you think you may be too old to adopt. Okay, number eight. 
Failed matches and adoption disruptions can happen, but they are not the norm. And what I mean by failed matches and disruptions are things like uh, when you match with a birth mother, you get to the point where she's about to give birth and she decides to change her mind and parent the child rather than place them for adoption. That would be a failed match. And a dis- disruption could be you already have the child placed with you and you don't get past the legal time frame allowed for the birth mother to change her mind. And she does change her mind. And God forbid that happens to you, but it does happen in certain circumstances, but it is not the norm. Um, adoption agencies and attorneys, they offer pre-placement counseling and birth mother screening to help eliminate this kind of, of risk to uh, help you ease your mind a little bit. And I, it is something that's out there and it really scares a lot of people. Um, but you have to know that there's a baby out there for you. You will get through it. Just try to find an adoption professional that gives you the best chance to eliminate that risk and help them or to have them help you screen a birth parent. And I want to say a quick note about screening a birth parent, because when I say screening, I mean, that sounds so um, professional and so much like um, a job opportunity rather than trying to match with a birth mother to adopt a baby. And when I, what I'm talking about screening, I mean, there are professionals out there that have talked to a lot of birth mothers. They know how to talk to them better than you and I can. And what they do is really try to avoid any frauds or scams. They know what to look for. They're not emotionally tied to this whole process as we are as adoptive parents. And they can do a better job of figuring out, one, is this birth mother really a birth mother and not a scam artist? Two, does the birth mother really want to place their child for adoption? They work with them over days and weeks and sometimes months to make sure this is the right plan for them and get to the point where there would be very minimal chances of them changing their mind because they've had this this counseling and this talk all throughout um, their pregnancy or is, is at least to the point where they start inquiring about adoption. So that's a little bit about adoption screening and that's something very important I think you should look into if you have not already okay number nine if you have a reluctant spouse there is help this could be one of the biggest problems in when you start your adoption process is you may be all on board with adoption and your spouse is still like I don't know is this going to be right for us is it's the right way to grow our family So I want to give you some tips to work through your differences in wanting to adopt. First, write them out. Thoroughly discuss them. Give your spouse some time to digest what's going on. To just jump in and say, let's go. We got to hurry up or we only have so much time. We got to jump into this. It's not always the best option for your spouse to be able to, to grasp this and figure out what this means and digest it. You can also get counseling, and this is pretty important if you do have any reluctance in your spouse. There are social workers, marriage counselors that have dealt with this before. They can help you work through your differences and get you both on the same page. It's very important you are on the same page together because this is a long, it can be a long journey and a process that you both need to be uh, unified on. Also, there are some adoption support groups, either online or live in your own community that get together and talk about what issues there are 
and things that you go through along the way. Some good online ones are adoptivefamilycircle.com and adoptionvoices.com. There's also one in Yahoo Adoption Groups. Excuse me, Yahoo Adoption Groups. If you just go onto Yahoo and look in there or just search for adoption groups, you can pull some up. I'll have a link in the show notes for this as well, so you can just click on that. And the last area there is that is online that I've found that's really good is adoption.com has forums. And I'll put a link in the show notes as well for that one. Um, other places you can get them are creating a family adoption page at creatingafamily.org has uh, some several good articles about reluctant spouses as well as on adoptive families magazine site and theirs is theadoptionguide.com and you can just search for the reluctant spouse and there's a pretty good article about that okay before we get into the last reason why you should adopt now i want to quickly go through the first nine number one is you can afford to adopt Number two, there are babies to adopt in the U.S. There are available babies to adopt. Number three, it doesn't take as long as you think. Number four, adopt, open adoption is a good thing. Number five, attachment or integration issues are not as bad as you've heard. Number six, special circumstances shouldn't keep you from adopting. Number seven is you're not too old to adopt. Number eight, failed matches and disruptions happen but they're not the norm. Number nine was, if you have a reluctant spouse, there is help. And so that brings us to the last reason why you should adopt now, and it is simply blessings. The often overlooked and sometimes discarded part of domestic infant adoption is that it takes more than birth parents and adoptive parents to make this work. God is the primary force in making this journey happen. He's the one that brings families together. My wife and I struggled with starting our family through miscarriages, infertility. It took years to go through that stuff. And through much thought and prayer, we decided to pursue adoption. And we're so happy we did. The blessings are great. I share in my book that you can get on my website, my personal adoption prayer story. I want to share that with you real quick here. During our first adoption journey, waiting and waiting, I was frustrated with God. And maybe that sounds familiar to some of you who are in the process. But after we've gone through years of fertility, now I need to wait longer. Why wait longer? Why was God making us wait longer? Until one day I explained my frustration to our priest and he asked me what I really wanted in this whole process. And I said, well, I want to be a daddy. He said, well, what will that take? I said, well, we've done everything now. We've, we've done the paperwork. We've talked to, done all our research. We've made our profiles. Now we just need a call, a call saying that a birth mother wants to match with us. And he said, well, that is exactly what you should ask for. You should pray for daily. Be persistent. Don't give up. God will answer you. And this changed the way I prayed for fatherhood. It wasn't long after we got, after I started praying that way, that we got the call. And it made a big impact on me that during the waiting time, you need to be persistent in your prayer life. And if you struggled to start and grow your family, adoption is a great option. Because when you bring that baby home, you'll experience how much joy that little one can bring to your family. 
Is adoption easy? No, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. Is adoption for everyone? No, but it is, it can be for you and your family and it's worth all of the struggles, emotions, stress, and time it takes. So after all my 10 convincing reasons why you should adopt now, you or your spouse or both of you may still be on the fence. So I wanted to read it. Just a couple comments that I got directly from adoptive parents. And this is from adoptive families magazines website. But one was from, um, a gal named Elaine and she writes, I've had type one diabetes since I was 23 and I just turned 40 years old. So we initially thought we would adopt internationally, even though we preferred a newborn. As I later learned, my age wasn't the barrier. So we ended up adopting domestically. And despite what I had heard about domestic adoptions taking years, ours took only one year. There's some hope for you out there that people have done this before and you can too. And now here's your infant adoption news and notes, thoughts and quotes. All right. For our adoption quote for the day, it's from an unknown author, but I really like it. It goes like this. We didn't give you the gift of life. But in our hearts, we know the love we feel is deep and real as if it had been so for all of us to be a family is like a dream come true. No, we didn't give you the gift of life. God gave us the gift of you really like that quote. I think it's very true for us as, as adoptive families. One last thing, a couple resources I wanted to give you a great adoption book that I've read and I recommend all the time is from Dr. Ray Garendi. His last name is spelled G-U-A-R-E-N-D-I. He has a great book called Adoption, Choosing It, Living It, Loving It, Straight Answers to Heartfelt Questions. And he's a guy that has adopted 10 kids, so he ought to know a little something about adoption, right? Go check it out. I have the link on, I'll have the link on the show notes or I'll have it on my website on my adoption resources page, infantadoptionguide.com forward slash adoption resources. So go check it out. I got some stuff there for you. All right. This is going to wrap up this very first episode of the infant adoption guide podcast. I really enjoy putting this together. This has been awesome setting this up and doing research, especially for my blog. And now the first podcast episode, and I really enjoy this format. I, I like talking to you and I hope I get to hear some from you personally. I'd like to know what you think, some feedback, what you'd like to hear in the show. So you can just send me an email at tim at infantadoptionguide.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you all soon. And here's to everybody being able to bring home the baby of your dreams very, very soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.